0: Father's Day is approaching, and that's a good time to talk about men's health. As you know, I do this podcast with my father, Dr. Steve Sinatra. He is the reason I got in
1: medicine to begin with. And I love watching how my son has grown into his role as a naturopathic doctor, as well as a father to his two small boys, my grandkids.
0: Today, we'll be talking about the ways men can protect their health as they grow older. And the ways you can support the men in your life. We'll be discussing some of the things you need to avoid so you can maintain your health and the best ways to support your body and mind as you age. Thanks for joining us today on Be Healthistic. And to all the men out there, take
1: care of yourselves.
0: Welcome to Be Healthistic, the podcast that's more than just health and wellness information. It's here to help you explore your options across traditional and natural medicine so that you can make informed decisions for you and your family. This podcast illuminates the whole story about holistic health by providing access to the expertise of Drs. Steve and Drew Sinatra, who together have decades of integrative health experience. Be Healthistic is powered by our friends at Healthy Directions. Now, let's join our hosts. Hi, folks. If you like what you hear today and you want to listen to future conversations on all things integrative and holistic health, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com. Also, check out and subscribe to the Healthy Directions YouTube channel, which features video versions of our episodes, plus extra videos you won't want to miss. And finally, we have more with me, Dr. Drew Sinatra, my dad, Dr. Steve Sinatra, and other health experts at HealthyDirections.com. Welcome everyone to another episode of Be Healthistic. Well, it's June, and it's Men's Health Month, and pretty soon we have Father's Day coming up. So my father and I are going to be doing a Father's Day special today. And, uh, Dad, welcome to the show. Oh, it's good to be here with you, Drew. Dad, I wanted to share with you first, and our audience, uh, what it was like for me uh, growing up, you know, under the household with you, (laughs) you know, I saw you change over the years. You, you had a, you had a health food store, I think, when I was around eight or ten years old, somewhere around that age range. And then pretty soon you had a supplement company. And then, you know, you're also doing psychotherapy around that time and training with that. So it's been such a great you know, blessing watching you go through all these phases in your life and seeing you start off with a conventional cardiologist role and then really transition more into the integrative cardiologist role. So I just want to say thank you for really helping shape my desire to get involved in naturopathic medicine and more integrative medicine.
1: Yeah. And Drew, do you remember the time when you pulled the trigger on naturopathic medicine? When I was director of medical education at our hospital, I was giving a lecture one day and I needed you for my audio visual stuff because it was, uh, you know, new with slides and stuff like that and computers. And you came in and then you you had an aha moment. I did. I did.
0: And I think, you know, after that, you, you sent me a pamphlet about naturopathic medical school and I saw it and I, I knew that that was exactly the path I wanted to be. But I'm on this path. Because of you, dad. So
1: thank you. (laughs) Well, you you didn't want to become a traditional doctor because you thought all all those doctors in the room were sad and angry. Remember? (laughs) I thought it was a great insight. My my
0: original goal, though, was to become an ER doc. For me, that was just uh, that was the best. And I have the utmost respect for for ER docs, that's for sure. But you're right. Being in that room, I saw a lot of these uh, these internists and other doctors in there that just they didn't seem happy with what they were doing. And that's not
1: what I wanted to do. Well, I'm glad you became a naturopath. You got the best of both worlds because there's a lot of science in naturopathic medicine. No question. I appreciate that, Dad. Well,
0: today we're going to be talking about men's health and, you know, healthy aging and all that. So are there, um, you know, in your opinion, what would be the top things, top five things that men can do to support healthy aging?
1: Well, you know, Drew, I've always believed in my six pillars of medicine. I like six, you know, and I can just, you know, spout them off. But certainly a a non-inflammatory diet. I really like the Pam diet. That's the best of the the Mediterranean basin and the Asian Pacific Rim. Certainly a light exercise program is good. Just daily walking, Uh, some sort of detoxification, especially in the 21st century where, you know, the times we live in, we we must be uh, detoxing. We all need targeted nutritional supplements, no question, because of the toxic environments that we live in. Uh, I like mind-body interactions because, you know, I became a psychotherapist. I I realized the mind, body and spirit are all connected. And certainly with my research on earthing, uh, that's my sixth pillar. uh, I think we should all be using the marvelous, magnificent energy of Mother Earth because it truly does heal the body. So I really feel that my six pillars of healing is something that we can really sink our teeth into. And would you add to that hormone balancing as well? Well, hormone balancing is important, sure. In other words, um, you know, at the A4M, I've been going to that conference for the last 25 years. The, uh, the whole aspect of hormonal interactions, you know, males go through andropause, women go through menopause. I mean, these are important and we're living longer. So yes, uh, hormones uh, need to be discussed, you know, maybe today for some, or maybe in detail in the future. It's, a, it's certainly a uh, question that a lot of our uh, reviewers would like more information on.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I do find I I do prescribe testosterone sometimes to uh, my male patients, and I do find that for some it it can be helpful. Um, But like you and I have discussed in the past, I mean, it's really something that someone should talk to their doctor about, especially if they have an anti-aging doctor.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things I can tell you personally, I mean, I've tried all sorts of the anti-aging, you know, I've used growth hormone testosterone. DHEA, pregneolone. I mean, I listen, I lived in that movement for decades uh, and I'm still part of the movement. So um, and and one thing that I've always done, Drew, whether it's a supplement, a diet, an exercise a hormone, I always try it on my own body before I recommend it to anybody else. So I want to make that clear to our listeners. uh, You know, uh, I always experiment. And I I, even today, I, I do it all the time. Well, Dad, you know what's
0: so interesting is you think of low testosterone as being present in men that are over the age of 50 or 60 or 70. But what I'm finding these days is I'm testing some men in their 20s, their late 20s, early 30s, and some are coming back in the 100s or 200s for testosterone. That, to me, is a little concerning.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I lecture on this all the time, and there's no doubt about it. One of the worst things a male can do is put a cell phone a cell phone in his front pocket. I mean, let's face it. I see males walking all over the place with their cell phone on their waist, on their belt. Worse yet, in their front pocket, which is near the testicles. These phones are admitting 24-7. And the data on this is alarming. Do you realize that a cell phone in the pocket cuts down on on testosterone and sperm production, like 400% within a couple of hours. I mean, think about that. Then you think about all the sterility in males today. You know, Drew, when I was practicing 20, 30 years ago, uh, you know, female sterility was a problem. But never before have we seen the amount of sterility in men going forward. It's something that this story needs to get out because men don't realize this. They don't get it. I, I just feel that the... You know, electromagnetic age we live in is something that uh, is, is going to need more and more discussion, introspection. And we we need to find creative ways how to deal with it, because hey look, we got to live in society. we got to live with modernization, but we got to be productive without being self-destructive at the same time.
0: Well, here's an anti-aging tip for our male listeners. Don't use your laptop with Wi-Fi on your lap. Put it on the table distance yourself from it if you want maybe get one of these uh, emf protective uh, blankets or cloths that will help shield yourself because yes you want to preserve your testosterone you want to preserve your sperm quality and numbers and therefore you want to reduce your emf exposure
1: exactly and the same thing is true for females i mean when women are pregnant and they put their their computer on their belly and, and Dad, previously you mentioned uh,
0: you know five or six things that men can you know do to support healthy aging. What are three recommendations
1: uh, for men to avoid that will accelerate aging? Oh, sugar is number one for both men and women. I mean, uh, th- there's no doubt about it. The more sugar we take in, the more we, we we get age glycation. In other words, the sugar in our blood it combines with the proteins and it causes age glycation, which causes a accelerated agent of collagen. Now they've done studies on this. I mean, I, I, I've lectured at Dr. Pericone's conferences years ago. I've researched this information. You know, they looked at studies in Australia and Japan and and in and in Europe. And what they found is cultures who took in a lot of sugar who were getting a lot of sunlight at the same time. It was a bad combination for accelerated aging. The UV light combined with sugar and the and age lication in the in the blood created incredible uh, accelerated aging. So sugar. Is is number one. And and again, UV light, some sunlight is good, but you don't want to take, spend hours in the sun and get sunburned and stuff like that, because then you're, you're, you know, creating, you know, a a toxin in the body. So hands down, sugar is the enemy. You know, and speaking of sunlight,
0: Dad, when I think about getting burned, I think of one way for prevention is increasing
1: antioxidant intake in your diet. What do you, what do you think about that? It's very important. But remember, even CoQ10 and melatonin, the top two supplements in combating the sun's rays are utilized within 15 to 30 minutes. So think about that. I mean, you can take handfuls of antioxidants, but the two best are gone uh, within 15 to 30. And, uh, you know, I think 15 to 30 of good sunlight is is great vitamin D. I mean, I think it's one of the best ways of getting vitamin D in the body because remember, sunlight combines with cholesterol in the skin and we form vitamin D3. So that's important. But again, more than 30 minutes a day, you need some protection. Okay. And you mentioned sugar in terms of something that can accelerate
0: aging. What else do you suggest for people to avoid that will accelerate aging?
1: Oh, trans fats. I mean, you know, I mean, I I think a lot of our listeners are privy to trans fats, but, you know, I think some people are still taking them in. I mean, some people still eat a lot of microwave popcorn, for example, which contains a lot of trans fats. It's still on the label. I mean, people need to read labels. If they see labels with even a gram of trans fat, that's to me, that's even way too much. You want zero on the label, you know, zero. It's, It's important to realize that this will accelerate aging. No doubt about it. And I think one thing I would add
0: to this dad in terms of the, uh, you know, top three recommendations for, uh, you know, avoiding accelerated aging would be toxic emotions, because I think a lot of us uh, can get stuck in this. We're guilty of this. You know, we may feel anger and we may feel excessive sadness or resentment at times. And there's actually studies to show that if you're really stuck in this emotional toxicity state that can
1: accelerate aging by inducing inflammation. Absolutely. I mean, I've written papers in the medical literature of people getting cardiac events and even aortic dissection where they rip the aorta apart under situations of rage and anger. I mean, I believe that emotions are, you know, can be the Achilles heel. Uh, of our health and there's no doubt about it the most healing emotion is love i mean love is the most healing emotion of all time that's why when i had patients who you know were coming home after a heart attack if they had a loving dog that would greet them at home and get, offer them unconditional love. To me, that was so therapeutic. I mean, when I had males coming home to an empty house, or uh, if I knew they had a very judgmental spouse or, you know, a very critical spouse, I would always tell them just to be, be careful. And uh, uh, I always recommended, you know, four-legged canine therapy. I think it's the best. Well dad, we're talking about men's
0: health today, obviously. And so let's let's dive right into prostate health because a lot of our listeners are probably wondering, well, what can I do about my prostate? How do I prevent BPH uh, or how do I prevent prostate can- cancer in the future? And and really the scary statistic is this dad. You know, BPH, which is benign prostatic hyperplasia, it affects 75% of men over the age of 60. That's a tremendous amount. Right. And the
1: good news about BPH is in the seventh decade of life, that's the decade I'm in. I'm 73 right now. So for the older men in my age group in the 70s, I want to give them some comfort that the prostate grows the slowest in the seventh decade of life. So that's good to know. But here's the problem. There are younger men in their 40s and 50s and 60s that are getting BPH now. You mentioned it. It's a problem. It's important that, you know, we, we have to consider the right foods. We, you know, again, we, we want to get away from EMF as much as we can. And we need targeted nutritional supplements that support the male prostate. And, and dad, and
0: for our listeners here, how, how do they know if they have BPH? Well, what are some common symptoms that they might
1: experience? Well, the, the most common symptom in males is they get up at night to urinate. And I've had males tell me, "Geez, doctor, it's not just two or three times; it's you know four, five, six times." And when they urinate, the volume is very scant. It's usually maybe 50 to 100 cc's. There's a lot of dribbling. There's a start, stop. You know, the, the the male can get the urine flowing, then all of a sudden it stops and then they're dribbling, and then they have to concentrate again. Usually that's a a very, very early sign, but again, it can be a late sign as well, you know, depending on what age group
0: you're in. And it it seems like with other conditions as well, prostate stuff, it runs in
1: families. There can be a familial component. I know uh, my dad uh, had uh, prostate issues in his late 50s, and again, I'm in my early 70s, and I I do take some prostate medications. I take alpha blockers to, you know, enhance urinary flow. You know, that's my choice. And 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 it's important to realize that whenever it comes to prostate issues in the male, it's not the size of the prostate or the urinary frequency. It all boils down to quality of life. Mm-hmm. In other words, if your symptoms are definitely interfering with your quality of life, then something needs to be done. Now, the one thing that you don't want to run into is acute urinary obstruction. Drew, I saw this in all in my training as an intern, resident cardiovascular fellow. I saw it in my practice. I've seen grown men crying in the emergency room mm. uh, with bladders that were so distended that they needed Foley catheters. And, and, and when they have a big prostate, sometimes it's hard to get a catheter in as well. So uh, if any of our older men are listening to this, if you do have signs of severe prosthetism, uh, you know, where you can't get urine out or it's multiple frequencies, uh, please work with your urologist and uh, and get this looked into you, because acute urinary retention in the male is a medical emergency, similar to an acute myocardial infarction in a male. It carries the same risk. It's amazing, but it's very, very important that, you know, we want to avoid that.
0: Yeah, that's a real frightening situation. And you mentioned symptoms previously. You know, what about uh, some exams or, or like lab tests that uh, men can have done that might allude us to thinking, well, they might have BPH, they might have prostate cancer. What, what, are, you, what are you recommending out there?
1: You know, the standard, first of all, every male on the planet should get a, a DRE, a digital rectal examination. Uh, some of the new urologists don't do it today, Drew. They, uh, they have you fill out a questionnaire. And if you're Over 20, uh, you know, they may decide to do a DRE, but you know, in the old days, you know, and even neurologists that I see, uh, they still do a DRE. That's a digital rectal exam where they get a feeling of the, the size of the prostate. Now, if the prostate is large, a lot of these doctors will recommend an ultrasound, for example, and to to find out exactly how big it is. In other words, the normal prostate is the size of let's say like uh, a small olive, but if it grows up to let's say to to be like a like a peach or a date. In other words, if the prostate goes from 30 grams to 60 grams. That's a problem. If it goes from sixty to ninety, that's more of a problem. Uh, and it's not that bad. It's just a, an ultrasound, and uh, you know any technician can do it. Uh, uh, many times they'll um, uh, do it suprapubic, or they'll do it. Uh, they'll insert a probe in the rectum and get a direct ultrasound uh, touching the prostate gland. And what about the PSA test? True, the PSA is still a good test. It should be ordered. It's uh, something that should be done on at least a yearly basis in any male. I would say over the age of 55 or even over 50 because um, it does give useful information. I mean, if your PSA is low, like less than one, you probably have a, a 90% plus chance of not having a prostatic neoplasm or prostatic cancer. So that's, you can sink your teeth into that. I mean, it's not foolproof, but it's still one of the best blood tests we have to uh, look at the prostate. And even in myself, I, I get a PSA once a year. But here's the pearl, Drew. Yep. If you have a PSA baseline, suppose you're doing this once a year. And yes, it's like one, that's it. and now you do it a year later, and now it's four, five, or six. Uh oh, something's happened, you see? So, just that sudden rise would necessitate the name for a DRE exam, and possibly if you have nodules, even a a biopsy. So, again, you know, the, the once a year, you know, prosthetic specific antigen or the PSA is really important because you want it to stay in that low range. Exactly. And there's that doubling, too. So if
0: you've got a baseline of two and all of a sudden next year or the year after you've got a four, well, that's
1: a little more reason for concern. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But just remember, a male in their 70s, it's the slowest growth of the prostate. So I want to give men my age group. (laughs) (laughs) Some, Some hope here.
0: Before, Dad, you mentioned some nutraceuticals very briefly. Now, if I'm going to recommend a prostate formula to, to a patient, I'll typically have something in there like zinc or lycopene or nettle root or saw palmetto. Uh, there's flower pollen. There's beta cytosterols.
1: Boy, I like them all. Everything you're mentioning is great. That's all good stuff. And what, what do you think about DIM? Oh, I liked him. You know, uh, years ago I did have diindole methane in my prostate product. I think DIM is really a star in itself. It, it's 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 the star on the stage. I really liked him. Um, one of the things that DIM does, it sort of has an antagonistic effect to estrogen, uh, which is nice, you know. And uh, the problem today in this day and age is that, and maybe it's the electromagnetics or or whatever, but the estrogen impact on men is getting higher and higher. So uh, I think DIM is going to be more and more applicable, you know, again, you know, going forward in the 21st century. And you only need 100 milligrams. You don't need a 300 milligram dose. I think the 100 milligram dose combined with, you know, a lot of my other, um, let's say, nutraceuticals in the prostate formulas that I really like could be very, very manageable from a cost point of view. And extremely therapeutic at the same time mm-hmm. well is there anything
0: else that you want to leave our viewers with or our listeners with in terms of prostate health well
1: again prevention is easier than cure i mean i want to i want to state that i mean you know a, a lot of urologists are not doing prostatectomies today uh, again they're using the alpha blockers uh, these are medications that uh, they can lower blood pressure but they also lower the tension in the prostate gland, so the amount of uh, surgery done today is a lot less. And again, if you can, if you can take medical therapy, combine it with nutraceutical therapy. I mean, you know, you and I both agree that there's always a place for pharmaceutical therapies. We want to take the best of both worlds. You know, we're not all in one camp, and that's what makes you and I special because we still believe that you know, conventional medicine has its place. So if, if we use these alpha blockers and we use the targeted nutritional supplements, you know, we get our exam once a year. I think that's the best way of uh, preventive medicine in the mail, because, uh, again, we don't want to run into a, an emergency of acute urinary attention. But for all the men listening, if your urine flow is getting worse and worse, it's really time to see a urologist. That's that's very, very important. Yeah, well said, Dan.
0: And, you know, men have other health concerns, too, including the heart. So I really want to dive into this because you're a heart specialist. What do you, what are some things that you think about in terms of cardiovascular
1: disease and aging? What, what are some things? Well, there's no doubt about it. The older we get, the more calcification we get in our body. Even years ago you know, we used to recommend a thousand milligrams of calcium to pre women and 1500 milligrams to post women. And then it came out that overuse of calcium in supplements. And thank God I reduced the calcium in my supplements years ago. You know, I was ahead of the curve on this, but I have to tell you, coronary calcification or calcification of, of uh, blood vessels is something that I uh, I worry about. Now, about 12 to 15 years ago, I was at Yale. You know, I used to uh, go to the lecturing because remember Yale was close to where I was living in Connecticut. And because um, it, it is in Connecticut. And I met Dr. Leon Schragers and C. Vermeer. These were two Dutchmen. And Drew, I'll never forget it. They were talking about MK7. Now, 15 years ago or 12 years ago, I don't know what MK7 was. It's mequinone 7. Well, who cares? What's that? And they were talking about the Rotterdam study and they were talking about all these clinical studies, which I read about, by the way. And what they showed was that if you take MK7 or if you eat these hard cheeses, like like the Dutch would eat, for example, um, this would take calcium out of blood vessels where it doesn't belong and put it back in bones where it does belong. So when I, when I heard this information, I literally took both these dutchmen out to dinner on my own dime. <laughs> I had two dinners with them. I t- I was writing down notes. I just spent a long time with them. They were years ahead of the curve because I think this is one of the best medications that you can take to uh, not only strengthen your bones, because you know men get osteoporosis as well. I mean, women get it more, but men get it, uh, and it's 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 actually it's even worse in men. But if, if, if you can strengthen your bones while diminishing coronary calcification, that's, that's the way to go. And would you
0: recommend this for someone my age? I'm gonna be 40 very soon.
1: Yes, look, I mean, one of the things that I've seen in my practice is I've seen heart attacks. I mean, the youngest was a 17-year-old girl, but I've seen heart attacks in lots of men in their 30s and 40s. So I think MK7 is something that uh, any male over the age of 40 Uh, should certainly take you know mk7 omega-3 coq10 you know those would be three uh, nutraceuticals that uh, somebody in your age group should absolutely take now if if uh, lp little a uh, comes into that uh, i I believe that's a real cholesterol story and again omega-3s will help nanokinase will help lumbrokinase will help so uh, you know any of those factors can help to neutralize the toxic effects of lp little a and what about turmeric data is there any effect on turmeric on lp little a I love turmeric. Uh, I, I, I like it more for the brain. The turmeric will have, it like resveratrol, will have a slight impact on, on age glycation, you know, so it, it does have some cardiovascular appeal as well. So I'm all in on turmeric and resveratrol. I I, I love those two. And I, and, and I think they're great for not only heart health, but brain health as well. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. And and dad, another issue I want to talk about is
0: uh, insulin resistance, because this is really big uh, for for, for men, you know, starting probably
1: even in their 20s. Drew, I got to tell you, we have 100 million diabetics or or pre-diabetics, and I include insulin resistance in there. So. Insulin resistance is a very, very pressing contemporary issue that we need to deal with. And the problem is, as Americans are eating too much sugar, we're not getting enough exercise. We're getting fatter and fatter. Um, you know, there's, there's so many um, uh, synthetics we're taking into the environment. They're stored in our fat and um, we're aging. So, Drew, sugar... Is In my mind, it's the absolute sine qua non of aging. I mean, remember, sugar ages us. And the average American, when I wrote the great cholesterol myth, it was 152 pounds about six years ago. Now it's closer to 160 pounds per person. So this is something that we, we need to really look at our sugar intake and be very, very mindful of it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and Dad,
0: yeah, I got to be honest here. One, one of the most rewarding things when I work with a patient is to help them lose weight, to help them balance their blood sugar, to help improve their insulin resistance, because you can see major changes over a three month period. If people are willing to really step it up in terms of fixing their diet, working on an exercise program and taking targeted nutritional supplements. So there's so much people can do out there to help support their heart, insulin resistance, weight gain and all that. And I love to see changes
1: in people. Oh, hey, listen, if you can reverse insulin resistance, as a clinician, you are doing your patient a huge service because remember insulin resistance and diabetes, you know, the average person lives about 15 years less unless you stop the insulin resistance in diabetes because you age quicker. And that's one of the things that with statins, for example, I mean, one of the drawbacks of statins, and I do like statins in, in young men, by the way, I, I like a low dose statin with certainly uh, CoQ10. One of the problems with high dose statins is they can create calcification of coronaries and, uh, and other blood vessels, and they can also render you insulin resistance as well. I mean, the Jupiter study and the Scandinavian studies showed nuance at diabetes, on patients taking statin drugs so again we, we have to be mindful of you know some of the side effects of these drugs you know can be worse than uh, the than the illness we're treating got it okay
0: and dad as we as we wrap up today's episode i want to hear about what are you doing for
1: anti-aging how are you how are you supporting your body and mind oh gosh well you know i i eat a good diet I mean, I I believe in a Mediterranean diet. I take olive oil every day. I think olive oil is the secret sauce of the Mediterranean diet. I mean, if you look at the longevity basin of the world and Portugal and uh, Spain just surpassed Okinawa in the last analysis of this over the last uh, several months. But the average lifespan of a uh, of Mediterranean now is eighty seven point seven years, you know, give or take a, f- a few months. The average lifespan of an American is like 78, 79. I mean, think about that. So if you live in that Mediterranean basin, I really feel that uh, olive oil is, is special. I, I, I drink it every day. You know, I, I actually, you know, take a, a couple <laughs> of shots every day, you know. Because look, the pre-med studies showed less insulin resistance, less stroke, less heart disease, uh, less Alzheimer's disease. I mean, there's so many things that olive oil does. So. I certainly take, you know, my products that I develop for Healthy Directions. I take CoQ10 every day. I take omega-3s every day. I love calamarine oil because of the higher DHA. I think it's phenomenal. I I take magnesium, you know, at bedtime. That's what I do for anti-aging. And I love chromium. You know, we talked about diabetes, and chromium uh, has some special uh Characteristics to it. It not only improves glutathione peroxidase, but it lowers blood sugar, and that's important. Uh, berberine is another nutraceutical I like. I've learned about berberine about a decade ago. Uh, I think it's one of these great nutraceuticals. Uh, I take that myself. So there's a there's a lot that people can do. And um, getting healthy is not rocket science. It's just a, a healthy diet and mind-body interactions, and taking targeted nutraceuticals, and doing a little grounding and Stuff like that, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult, Drew. And for those that are listening that
0: are around my age, I'm 39 right now, I believe that uh, we should start doing these things as early as we can. So for me, exercise is one anti-aging modality that I
1: have to have in my daily and weekly regimen. You know, Drew, you're right remember the vacation we went on last year at the Redwoods and we walked and walked and walked. I mean, you're a great walker. I mean, you're a hiker. I mean, uh, you're a wilderness guy. So uh, I'm so glad you're in that form of exercise. And I don't know if our listeners know that you're into kite flying as well. Oh, the kite I mean, surfing, yes. Yesterday. Yeah, kite surfing. And that's one sport you really like. And by the way, that sport takes a lot of strength and endurance. I mean, that's an amazing sport.
0: Well, it's really, it's really my mind, body medicine is kiteboarding because when I'm out there, I'm connecting with the water, I'm connecting with the air, I'm connecting with animals. I see, you know, dolphins a lot. Um, You know, there's all sorts of animals here in California and it's a great exercise, like you were saying. And um, it's, for me, it's, it's something that I have to do regularly. So dad, as we wrap up today's episode on men's health, what are some takeaways?
1: Oh gosh, there's so many things that come to mind. I would say be optimistic don't be pessimistic remember pessimism uh, breeds uh illness you want to be mindful of um of what's really important in life uh especially what's happening you know uh in this you know the situations you know going on right now and and i and i think you know taking targeted nutritional supports is very very important because the environment is more and more toxic i've I've been saying this for 40 years take your coenzyme q10 take your omega-3s take magnesium broad spectrum vitamin and mineral support I love curcumin, turmeric, you know, chrominex. I, And again, I, I would say um, a non-inflammatory diet. And you mentioned uh, exercise and certainly grounding. I think grounding is uh, uh, very, very special. And our bodies are all inflamed. And once you touch Mother Earth, you're taking in that human resonance that corrects the overactive autonomic nervous system and brings the body back into homeostasis.
0: That's what we all need. And one thing we didn't even really discuss today, Dad, which just ties in everything you just said, is the term inflammaging. Inflammaging.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's all about aging due to inflammation. That's right. That's absolutely right. Years ago, it was all about cholesterol. You know, cholesterol caused heart disease. No, it's really inflammation. That is the root cause of not only heart disease, but Alzheimer's, diabetes, neurodegenerative disease. I mean, you name it. I mean, what, what we need to really teach our listeners is how do you block inflammation or how do you stop it in its tracks? And, and I think a lot of these podcasts, we've, we've handled that information and we've done a good job about it. Especially
0: the one that you and I did on detoxification, because ultimately when you reduce the exposure of a lot of chemicals in our environment, you're going to reduce the oxidative stress that your body's under and therefore reduce
1: inflammation. Correct. Correct. And and, and, and keeping an all this and this healthy, because that's what it's all about, is really, you know, we're offering hopefully solid wisdom to keep you keep you out of the doctor's office, emergency room, or to the hospital for that matter. That's right. As my dad and I talked about today,
0: prostate health is something that all men of all ages need to think about, even guys who are in their 30s and 40s. As I mentioned, I'm in that age group now, and I wanna make sure that I'm doing all that I can to protect my prostate health, because it's never too early to start employing some prevention tactics. The Prostate Cancer Foundation confirms that diet and lifestyle modifications have been shown to reduce the risk of prostate cancer development and progression. So in the interest of giving you some simple advice, here are a few tips that can help you protect your prostate. Maintain a healthy weight by eating a whole foods diet and exercising regularly. Try to minimize the consumption of bad fats like trans fats, but do include good fats like olive oil into your diet. If you are not reactive to nightshade vegetables, incorporate more tomatoes into your diet as tomatoes have a high lycopene content. Or eat more cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower that contain compounds that are protective for the prostate gland. If you take calcium, make sure the dose does not exceed the recommended daily allowance. And make sure you get enough vitamins and minerals like vitamin D or zinc through healthy eating or supplementation. Eat more cold water fish that are high in omega-3 fatty acids like sardines or salmon. Try to relax more as we know that chronic stress negatively impacts the body in many ways reduce environmental exposure to xenoestrogens, which are chemical compounds that mimic estrogen. An example of this is try not to heat your food up in a plastic container or that's covered in plastic wrap. For men that are 45 years or older, talk to your doctor about running a baseline PSA test and let your doctor know if there is a strong family history of prostate issues. That's our show for today, folks. If you have a question or an idea for a show topic, please send us an email or share a post with us on Facebook. And remember, if you like what you heard today and you want to be an active member of the Be Healthistic community, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorites. You can also find more great content and information from us and the Healthy Directions team at HealthyDirections.com. I'm Dr. Drew Sinatra. And I'm Dr. Steve Sinatra. And this is Be Healthistic. Thanks for listening to Be Healthistic with Drs. Drew and Steve Sinatra, powered by our friends at Healthy Directions.
1: See you next time.